powered by passion. It's National Auto Care's Fixed Ops 5 with your host, National Fixed Operations Training Manager, Corey Smith. Welcome to Fixed Ops 5. I'm your host, Corey Smith, National Fixed Operations Training Manager with National Auto Care. Today, I'm being joined again by Bob Gower, COO of Traver Connect. Bob, thanks for coming back again. Oh, you're welcome, Corey. I'm, I love being here. It's great so, engagement. It is. And the, and the first episode that we had together, we talked about telematics. And I got to tell you, we had so many listeners emailing, asking questions, a lot of stuff I didn't understand. Um, and so I've got a lot of those questions that I'm going to ask you today so we can kind of walk through it. Um, but this podcast is really meant to teach everybody and help help them understand telematics. So where did telematics start? What industry did it start in first? Well, you know, it's been in the heavy equipment industry for a very long time, you know. So companies like Caterpillar, Komatsu, anybody with John Deere, um, you know, all that equipment at some point in time is out somewhere on a location and it's not always actively used. So, you know, uh, you might drive by a construction site and you'll see a crane sitting there or you'll see a dozer sitting there. And it's been there for months, but nobody's using it. And you always wonder who's paying for that. Why is it sitting there? So, you know, in heavy equipment, it's easier to leave it sit there than it is to move it and then try to relocate it to the next person that's going to rent it. So most of that equipment's rented, first of all, okay. uh, because it's cheaper, <clears throat> right? So you're a pool guy, you need a backhoe. Do you need it every day? The answer is no. When do you need it? Just to dig out the pool, then you can return it. So you pay by the hour in most heavy equipment. Okay. So that leads you to the point of when do you get it serviced and how do you get it serviced? So telematics on that equipment measure two things. For billing purposes, it measures the hours that you use it. So it could sit out there for a month, but you used it for two hours. You paid for two hours. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so, so then somebody else will rent it. They'll go pick it up and they'll deliver it to that next job site. And it's the same thing by the hours. But you don't want it to break down because if you're in that business, you get paid on the rental hours and you don't want to have downtime. So, you know, how do they maintain it? And it's big equipment. So what they do, what they do is the telematics will touch back to the service department and say, for example, instead of 50,000 miles, it'll be 500 hours. Okay. It'll say, hey, we got 500 hours on this piece of equipment. The next um, preventive maintenance schedule is at 500 hours. So they'll send somebody out and do the oil filter, oil change, and whatever else needs to be done based <laughs> on the maintenance schedule, just like we do. And they have trucks. They use all mobile trucks to do that. They've been doing it for 20-some years, maybe even longer. So I've had an opportunity to work with some of those heavy manufacturers that we mentioned. And I've been with them, and their techs are all on the road. You know, so it's, it's been a logistics problem that they had to fix and find a way to do it. And I think that, um, you know, that brings us down the road to the fact is that that's what they need to do to maintain that and run that business. So telematics have been around for a long time. It's not new. Wow. And when I saw it first about 25 years ago, I, I was like, wow, the auto industry could learn a lot. You know, sometimes we're in an industry that's very vertical. Yeah. And I'm like, if you just look around a little bit, you can pick up some really good ends as to now, how do you do that? Well, the OEM has to be a big part of that because that's where telematics originally come from, from that vehicle. It has to be equipped to do telematics. I had no idea that it's been around that long. And you just blew my mind, the fact that they've been doing this mobily for that long as well. 
I didn't even think of that. Like, you know, when you're right, when 500 hours comes up, they send somebody out, they can't just drive it or, or, or load it and then drop it off at the dealer. But I didn't think of like, I didn't think of it like that. That's in, really interesting. Yeah. And I think that the second part of it is without telematics, that would not be possible. Right. Right. So if you look at the auto industry today, there's a race to get all the cars. What I would say, I, I'll change your terminology a little bit. So I'm not worried about how the lead gets to me. What I'm worried about is what we do with the lead, you know? Right. So I've been in this business a long time. Technology is an enabler. So you're going to have some people that are very detailed that are going to ask questions like, well, how does that happen? How does that get connected? And how does it get here? And how does it get there? You know, and I, I would say that focus on the things that's most important. So the most important thing is the fact that when you do get that lead, what do you do with it, right? So let me tell you what I think is important about that. So you look at our industry with retention. Everybody is scrambling for retention. It gets lower and lower every year by brand and by dealer. And if you take a look at it, 70% has been a number. I've been around a few years if, you, you know, if you're looking at this podcast and it's not just <laughs> auditory. I've been around a few years. You know, It's always been 70% of the people we sell a car to after warranty period go to an independent. And I used to say, you know how hard they have to work to get that customer? We sold them. We have them in our dealership. We had them in our service department. We probably had them service a couple times with us. And then they stole them from us. So what's the number one reason? There's lots of reasons. It's probably because we didn't intentionally upset them, by the way. You know, and about 80% of the ones we did upset, we could fix if we really wanted to. Those are the numbers. You know, but the reality is it's more convenient to go to five minute oil change. It's there. They can drive in. You know, the commercials are really sharp about I can drink my coffee, can't even drink it, and I'm already done and I'm out the door. You know, and dealers today are looking at one hour oil changes. They think we're great if we do a one hour oil change. And so I look at convenience and I go like, how do I tie that back to telematics? How do I tie that back to retention? And, you know, um, the reality is, if I'm an independent, I can't get the telematics from the car. Right. I don't know that the car needs service yet. So the customer has to make that decision whenever they realize that I'm at an oil life, a light comes on, or uh, in today's world, it could be a text from the telematics telling me I need to get my oil change. And while I have a preferred dealer, that doesn't mean it's convenient for me. So just why we think that having a preferred dealer is the solution, the solution really is, we have to be more convenient than when that customer makes a decision. So how does the car get connected to the telematics? And my second part of that question is, is it, does the dealer use that information or is it, does the manufacturer get it and then send it to the dealer? So the manufacturer is the key. So the manufacturer, uh, has to have permission from the customer to connect the car. So you'll see that, for example, at GM, it's OnStar. You know, if they connect you with OnStar and you use OnStar and then you cancel OnStar, the car is still connected. So once when they get you to connect the car for OnStar, it's connected. Once at Ford, Ford Pass, once when they connect you with Ford Pass, and why would I want to connect my Ford truck to Ford Pass? Well, they'll give me reward points back. For every repair order dollar I spend, I get something back. So they put something in it for the customer. But the reality is Ford wants the dealer to sign you up on Ford Pass because now the truck is connected. So they they can't pre-connect the car before they get to the owner. 
So the owner has to connect it at the dealer level. So you'll see all types of incentive programs to get the car connected. Hmm. Um, and that's how it gets connected. Um, do the OEMs use the data? The OEMs do have the data, but more importantly, the dealer, you know, there are some key indicators that say that, for example, if the car tells me, so one of the big things in our business is still trust, right? It's convenience, right. it's <clears throat> trust. So the trust part, you kind of eliminated because the car is now telling the customer, hey, you know, just like, you know, I have a tractor here in the backyard and it has 500 hours on it. And I just had them come pick it up and take it to the shop and they changed the fluids that they needed to do to do the 500 servers, 500 mile uh, hour service, you know? And if I take a look, that's the trust factor. I don't have to trust that, that it needed to be done. The maintenance schedule says at 500 hours, it needs to be done. And the telematics will tell me that it's due and tell them. So, you know, if you look at a car today, if the car tells you you need an oil change, you're gonna go, I need an oil change. So, you know, today, as we all were in the service business, it's hard to convince a customer to come in before the light comes on anyways, because they're like, my light's not on yet. And when the light comes on, they're afraid that the oil is going to quit. Can I get it in today or tomorrow? Because they think the oil is actually expired, right. but it hasn't, obviously. So telematics <laughs> is that strong that when the light comes on, we have customers that call and say, hey, can you get me in for an appointment right away? Because my light came on and I have to get my oil changed. So that's to me, that's a really good indicator of how much they trust the telematics in the car. Yeah, and it's a sense of urgency, right? Yeah, <laughs> I have to get like, it in I'm today. going on a trip this weekend, and I got to get my oil changed because the light just came on. And I'm like, uh, depending on if you're driving another 3,000 miles, it might be a problem. But normally, you're still okay for a while. But but you see the trust now that the consumer has in telematics. It, it More than even maybe the dealer that they bought the car from. So... One of the things I see in telematics is um, from the OEM side, they get to see, because the car is connected, they get to see and measure back, well, how many of those customers did go to the dealership? And the close rate on ROs, not appointments, not appointments that show, but actual ROs of the close is right around 30%. So about 30% of your customers out there running around that has a light on it says, I need to get my oil change, will close an RO and that closed RO is worth an average in the mid threes. That's amazing. <clears throat> now, you know that. That's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing, so yeah. First of all, what's in it for the dealer? Holy smokes, I'd love to have a 20% schedule rate. Right. My customers that were calling the scheduled an appointment that they're due for, you know, that's normally in the 20% range, 18, 20, 25, 30%. And the lead came to you, and all you have to do is react in that five-hour window to maximize it. So, you know, the first question is, are you paying attention? You know, would be what I'd say, because, you know, um, I still have stores to date it. The, they, they default that to somebody in the dealership and they don't really track and measure it. And I'm like, why not? You know, so that's number one. I think number two, while the customers have a choice, if you call them before the light comes on, because like it, for most telematics, you guys get to see exactly where the oil life is on that car. It'll tell you battery life. It'll send you a, a, a message today to tell you that your tire pressure is low. Hmm. So if you're sitting okay. in your driveway today and you're driving one of the brands that allow you to do that, I can see four or five common things. I can see what your oil life is. I can see what your battery is. I can see what your tire pressure is. Wow. 
if you look at that, you're like, wow, did you ever get a call from your dealer saying, hey, Bob, I noticed, Corey, that your um, tire pressure is a little low this morning. Would you like to swing by and we'll take care of that for you? That you would know? make me feel warm and fuzzy if somebody did that. Yeah, it's kind of creepy to start with, you know, but we're in the world of Amazon today, you know. So, I, I you know, I, I think we all know Big Brother's watching at some point, you know. So if they if you made it convenient for your customers and you could help be partners with them on keeping the vehicle maintained properly, I don't think you'd find as many going to tire discount. I don't think no. you'd find as many going to five minute oil change. Now, here's the real caveat. Here's where I think that the big changer is, the game changer. I always look for game changers in this business. Since I've been in this business, the benchmark has been fairly low. I hate to say that. And I know some people might take exception to it. But our, our industry, the benchmark is fairly low. Yeah. Consistency is a problem. The word process is difficult for us to embrace. But the, real, but the real key here is, we're letting other businesses steal our business from us and that should never happen, you know? Right. And I think the key word right now is convenience. You know, um, I heard a story the other day about a millennial who got a check um, from one of their um, family members uh, as they were going to college and the check uh, was in an amount that they could not use their mobile app to deposit. So they asked that family member to split that check up and send me two new checks because they've never figured out how to use an ATM machine. I've never been in a bank. Wow. You know? And if you listen to that story, I just heard that this week at a special event we were at. And I'm like, it just goes to show you what convenience really means to the new generations. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they, um, they're dependent and reliable on things that are so convenient for them that they don't really understand um, how to maneuver outside of that. So if you look at telematics today, I think the big game changer in telematics is simply this. I think that if we could do what some few dealers do in the industry today very successfully, if you could tie that with mobile or active pickup and delivery, and you called me today and you said, hey, Bob, I have a car that's at 12% oil life. Would you like for us to pick that car up today and get that changed for you and drop it back off? Or would you like for us to send a mobile unit out to get it changed for you? Uh, let's just take care of it. They would have no way of driving past a uh, five-minute oil change knowing that they need their oil change. You would have taken them out of the market the way we should. We should be taking cars out of the lane when they're in for service to sell them new cars because that's the perfect car for us. It's maintained properly. You know, it's clean. It's the kind of car we want to buy. And it's the same thing, I think, with service. If telematics, if you're not paying attention, uh, you need to, and it's not about the technology. What you need to figure out is how does it, how do I use that technology as an enabler? I have to figure out the binary code. What I need to figure out is how to go get that vehicle, how to service that vehicle so it's so convenient that you will never go to a third party to do it again. And I think that's where our industry is headed with telematics giving you the advantage of knowing before anybody else. <laughs> Yeah, And being able to service that car before anybody makes another decision on who they're going to use. And I think that is the goal, you know? I really like that. So here's, here's a question that was emailed from one of our dealers. Um, what if cell phone service is poor? Is that a myth when it comes to telematics? Do you need good cell phone so, you know, cell service 
to communicate back and forth? Um, well, I'd have to tell you that, um, first of all, if you look at today's coverage for cell phone mm-hmm. towers, right? And you look at the fact that GM has pretty much had telematics for a long time now. And OnStar was originally created, as you know, if you listen to the original commercials about I'm in an accident. Yeah. We're going to stay with you until we get somebody there. Yeah. I mean, I would say that you're majoring in minors. You know, is there a few spots that you won't? But there's so few today that I don't I wouldn't worry about it. And if your dealership's located that far out in the tertiary market, maybe that's a concern. But, you know, that's not really where the OEMs put their points. Right. Okay. You know, their points are normally in a populated area that will draw from that market share. So uh, I have never heard from any of our OEM partners that telematics has been a problem based on cell phone coverage area. Well, that, that's, that's, that's good. I'm glad that it's not really a myth, but I don't think it's like you said, that cell phone services is changed quite dramatically over the last even, you know, 24 months, right? Of how yeah. I have to look changed. really hard when I go on vacation to find a place that doesn't have cell phone coverage. <laughs> so I actually get a whole week off. <laughs> right. <laughs> so how can dealers truly take advantage of this, whether it's, uh, a car dealership, RV, or power sports, how can they truly really dive into this to take advantage of it in your mind? Well, I think number one is you need to have a plan, right? And it's hard if you've never done this before, what's the plan? But there's lots of dealers out there, as you know, that share information all the time. You just have to go look for it. You know, uh, what you guys do with fixed ops, you know, today, uh, there's a wealth of knowledge out there. And a lot of the great dealers that have, you know, most of the dealers that are dry have anywhere almost up to a dozen mobile units on the road today are kind of a forerunner in this industry. Yeah. But they didn't do it because of COVID. Just so you know, if you do your homework, those dealers were doing it before COVID. So COVID didn't force them to change behavior. They saw there was a need to expand retention. And how do I do that? and make it more convenient for my customer and mobile was the way to go. So if you look at a lot of the founding fathers that are doing mobile today in the car industry, you'll find that they did it five years before COVID hit. Okay. So I think it's not a knee jerk reaction. You know, we're, you know, I had a lot of dealers during COVID that said we would never do active pickup and delivery. And then within three months, they're calling me asking me how <laughs> our other stores are doing active pickup and delivery, you know, but then it doesn't sustain itself. Right. So I look at active delivery today. I have some dealers that just do it when they have a problem customer. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, why would you just limit it to people that are problems if you have the capacity to do it? Right. And I think that's the key. I think mobile also gives you an extra, you know, it's the extra base. So not very many of our stores. I don't know about your stores. Not very many of my stores today have have a capacity issue. Matter of fact, it's hard to get in. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. But the, yeah, instead of adding on to your building and losing parking spots, get some mobile trucks. Yeah, That's and I think idea. at the end of the day, the, most of the OEMs will either pay for most of it or half of it, or they make it so attractive that it's hard not to do it. Uh, but I think it's it goes back to a key word, and that is, how do you, we're in the business of looking forward, right? We should always be looking forward. So you got some things that are going to probably help us in the future. EV will probably help us because 
where are you going to take that car to get it serviced? The problem with that is there's not much service required. So while you might capture all that market, there might not be a lot of uh, opportunity there as we have today with combustible engines. So you got to start looking at things though in the future here that says, what can I control? What can I do? And to me, it, the two things we're missing today is we're not convenient for our customers. If I look, we do, um, we call back customers for retention. And it's normally for a dealer that doesn't have, that needs to get better retention. Mm-hmm. And we try to connect with those customers. And I got to tell you, a lot of those stores I look at within five miles of the dealership is their biggest problem with retention. <laughs> wow. And I always go like, hey, if if I were to set an appointment, would you go get the car? And they all say yes, but they don't have a follow through mechanisms. It's easy to say yes, but it's hard to put a day to day plan in place. You and I see this all the time in stores. The biggest problem we have is consistency and consistency comes from disciplines and discipline comes from change of behavior. You know, it's the hardest thing in the dealership to do. You know, you can go in and change your price matrix Mm -hmm. and get a lift right away. And I used to say to my guys that did that when I you know, ran the consulting teams, um, I'd say, you guys, man, you guys cheat. You do it like in a day or two and the dealer gets enormous growth, 10 to $20,000 a month in revenue change. But, you know, the other guys that have to work with the advisors have to do behavioral change. And that is so much more difficult to put in place and measure. And it takes time, right? So if you take a look, yeah, it takes time. But I think the disciplines, if you keep them simple, you know, what's important? You know, I look at, um, and you'd be surprised that some of these challenges are really not real challenges. When you bring them to the staff and the team that you work with um, and you share that with them, I don't know how many techs would love to get in a truck and just go service customers today and get out of the dealership. You know, I'm sure you have plenty of people that want to do that. And the return on investment, every dealer I've talked to, the RO is at least $100 or more per RO for every customer. We either pick up and deliver or we go do mobile for. So customers are willing to pay for the convenience. Yeah. You know, and I got to tell you that. I would. Yeah. And I got to tell you that, you know, um, I don't know about you, but my wife does all of our service and all of our vehicles. She does? I do all yeah. of it here. <laughs> I know. But, you know, if I, you look at it, you wonder in our in our world today, um, how often does that happen? And does she want to sit in a dealership no. while we're doing the work? Or would you own her forever if you said, I'll just come get it where you're at and we'll do it there and um, we won't inconvenience you. We'll leave you a car. We'll pick up a car. You know, and I go like, I think that's um, when you look at the millennials in that example I gave you of how they want to do everything mobily, do they want to come sit in the dealership all day? And I think the answer is no, they'd rather drive through a five minute oil change place, you know? So how do we keep them from defecting? Because we know that's not just a, they have to, by the way, sell that ticket at about a hundred bucks to make make it work because they have no other revenue. Right. They have no other revenue, so we're still less expensive than they are. So I believe that if you look at telematics and and everybody's trying to connect the cars today, everybody has some type of incentive program out there to get you to get them connected. I still see that there's a vast majority of the dealers, even with some type of incentive program, that are not focused on getting the car connected in the lane. And you know, that's pretty simple when the car is in the lane to walk out there as an ASM and connect the car. 
Yeah. Yet they still struggle with that. I look at a lot of dealers and sometimes it's as much as 80% of the cars that they have coming through the lane are not connected and they let them go through the lane, not being connected. And it's because it's another thing we put on their plate and they don't really understand the true value. Um, and I think it comes back to what do we want out of our business? Who, who do we want to be? You know, and I'd love to have a dealership that we took care of the customer the way the customer wanted to be taken care of. And it would great, it'd be great to have not just 15% defectors instead of 70. It'd be great after 10 years to have 15% defectors instead of 80 yeah. and 7. Wow, it Bob, would make this... a lot of difference in our business. As GMs, when you sit in a room and you hear those numbers and you go, for the last five years, if I had the same retention as the first two, you put a pencil to it, you got paid off part of the net. Yeah. You'd be like, where in the heck has this information been? Right. Right. Um, it's it solved all the problems of growth. You don't well, have to go is, get new customers. This is amazing, Bob. I mean, truly helping everyone who is listening to this understand telematics, right? We're right up against the time, but what are three takeaways on truly understanding telematics that you people can take away from this episode? Well, I think number one, it's easy when you have the car in the lane, you need to convert them over. When mm -hmm. should you be doing that at point of delivery? Probably is the best place. If not on their first oil change, you should be getting that done. Because you still have about 87%, 85% retention for the first two, 18 months, 12 to 18. Okay. You should be really focused on, nobody should be getting through that service lane door or getting out without being connected if you guys have the ability to connect the car. That's number one. Number two, you need to do something with it. And I know staffing's difficult today. We're overwhelmed, but find a way. If you outsource it, you insource it, you build, put somebody in charge of it. You got to be able to catch those leads every day. Um, and you got to have a five hour window to get a hold of that customer so that you can do something before they're willing, before they do something on their own. Right. You got to remember that the trust level is extremely high because when I call, I say, Corey, the car is telling me that you need to bring it in. Yeah. It's not me calling, it's the car, right? Um, you need to do that because as telematics advance, pretty soon they're gonna, the car's gonna tell you before the dealer tells you. So you gotta start that routine now to get that customer used to using you when mm -hmm. the telematics come on or else they'll come on and they'll go anywhere to get that oil changed again. So I think it's a timely window to do it now. Okay. And I think the last thing is if you truly want to get the most out of telematics, you need to offer convenience wherever that customer is, because what that do, it will establish a convenience that the, again, they can't compete against. Convenience. You're going to meet the customer not where they're at. Against the fact I, five minute oil change is not going to come pick your car up at the office or change the oil in your driveway. Right. And I think we have to get over these hurdles of, We've been doing business, I hate to say this, the same for the last 30 years that I know of, you know, and if I ask somebody that's 30 years older than me, it was 50 years, you know, so <laughs> we really need to embrace what's happening. Uh, I think telematics is a way for us to recapture that customer um, where the car is telling them they need to bring it back to us. Love that. If you want to deliver a legendary customer experience that keeps the customer coming back to you and encouraging them to invite their family, their friends into your establishment, then you've caught the gold standard customer service vision. 
Do you want a more cohesive team that delivers a higher level customer service that will result in more revenue for your dealership? We provide the tools, knowledge, training needed to unlock that potential of your dealership. For more information on this topic and others, or to submit a question or to be a guest on the show, please feel free to send me an email at csmith at nationalautocare.com. Bob, that is all the time that we have for today. Blew my mind with this podcast and helping us understand telematics. Thank you so much for being on this episode. And I'll ask like I did last time we had this uh, previous episode, will you please come back again? Sure, I'd love to. I love having coffee with you in the morning. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bob. Thank you for watching and listening to National Auto Care's Fixed Ops 5 with Corey Smith, powered by Pasha. Be sure to watch and listen to the next episode on the 5th and 20th of every month.